You're listening to Comedy Central. Anquan Bolden, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. First things first, how are you as a human being? I feel like people don't ask them like that question anymore right now. How, how are you doing? That's, that's true, man. People don't. Um, but I got to say, man, I'm, I'm considering I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I have no choice. I have, you know, a wife and two kids that I have to look after. So, you know, I have to be okay for them. Right, right. You, you, you are someone who has had to be okay for people for a lot of his life, though. You know, um, one thing that has set you apart as a human being is that you, you left the NFL um, mm. to found, like, an organization that, that really is, is tasked with justice. You know, you, you, you set out to create the Players Coalition, which is an organization that has said, hey, man, we're, we're going to try and make a difference using the NFL as a platform to get racial justice out there. Take me through a little bit of of the why. You know, like, everyone has a different story as to why they get into the work that they get into. Why Why was this the move for you? Yeah, for me, it, it was really important. Unfortunately, um, I lost my cousin at the hands of law enforcement. Um, my cousin was a was a drummer in a band, and one night after a show he, he had just played with his band, he was on his way home. Ended up breaking down on the side of the road. Long story short, um, law enforcement officer killed him while he was on the phone with roadside assistance. Um, so for me, um, seeing the, the pain that my family went through, seeing how long the process was before um, we felt like justice was served, I didn't want any other family to have to deal with that. And for me and my family, you know, although we feel like there's a lot of families in this country, man, that not only get justice, but don't get their day in court. So I feel mm-hmm. like um, with the platform that I have, um, felt like it was more than right for me to to speak out about these issues, but also try to come up with solutions. Let's let's talk a little bit about that because you know, I think there's two things that 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 are current that are oftentimes a misconception that people have. You know, um, I've seen a lot of people in America say, "Oh, but if you're rich, if you're famous, if if you know you, then you're out. Like it doesn't affect you. I don't know why you're complaining about this. I don't even know why this is an issue for you." But you, you're, you're just one of the examples of people who do get affected because we're human beings, we're connected to other people. Even if it isn't you, it can be a family member, et cetera. But, but talk me through what you've been trying to do in terms of creating actions and why you feel like it's, 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 it's your burden, you know? Because you, you could have easily just walked away and said, hey, man, this is horrible, this was painful, and I'm out. But you've chosen to sort of live in that pain and try and, you know, prevent other people from experiencing it. Tell me a little bit about the whys. Yeah, I, I think, you know... Like you said, a lot of people think just because you have money, um, you're out of it. But I can tell you that even even after having money, you know, I found myself in in those situations where I'm pulled over just because of the car that I'm driving or the color of my skin. So, you know, having money doesn't exempt you from being black in America. If you're black in America, no matter what you do, um, no matter how much money you have, you're you're just black in America and you still have to deal with the issues that come with that. Um, for me, you know, me joining this work is because obviously I'm a black man. I'm raising two two black boys. Um, I have cousins. I have um, a sister. Um, I have two brothers that are obviously black. So, I mean, it doesn't just affect me. You know what I'm saying? It, it affects my family as well. And for me, it's it's trying to hold these people accountable. And I think that's the that's the thing that that people don't get. Um, and, you know, you have a lot of people asking, 
But why are people protesting? Why is there rioting? Why is there looting? And the simple answer is because justice wasn't served right away. I guarantee you had those guys been arrested, not just the one officer, but all four, had they been arrested right then or a day later, you wouldn't have everything that's going on now. And it's because we failed over and over again to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. You, you, you played in a league that has become synonymous with, you know, law enforcement, military, et cetera. You know, the NFL, a lot of the imagery that you see on the field would be like police members and the military, and, and they're very proud of that association. What that has created, though, is a conflict oftentimes between like the fans, some of the fans and, and, and many of the players, when the players speak out about, you know, issues of police injustice or violence in, 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 in the communities, how, how do you relate to your fans or, or have you found a way to connect with them in a way where, you know, you can use their passion for the sport that you played so well to try and help them understand what's going on in America? I think the thing that you have to do is just reach people at the level that they're at. Um, you know, everybody doesn't always see things the same way. But I think if you, if you humanize um, the situations that we're going through as, as, a, as a culture, I think people begin to understand. Um, you know, you can you can liken it to a lot of different things, but it isn't until um, it hits home with the person that you're talking to that mm-hmm. it really registers. You, you've been working hard to push the NFL in this space. And um, Roger Goodell came out now and said that he doesn't feel like the NFL has done enough and he wants the NFL as an organization to do more. Uh, you know, now granted, the NFL doesn't make laws. The NFL isn't responsible for the police. So, I mean, you know, the scope of what they can do is limited. But some people felt like it was lip service because of Colin Kaepernick. Some people felt like it's a step in the right direction. You know, you're somebody who's constantly been pushing the NFL. What, what would you hope to see the NFL do? Is there something they can do and, and what would it be? Yeah, I, I think that's a good question because I think a lot of people are looking from the outside in and, and expecting the NFL to kind of solve this problem, right? Um, and that's not gonna happen. But I think one thing that the NFL can do is look internally, um, look at the policies Um, that it supports. Look at the hiring practices that it has internally. When you're talking about a league that's predominantly made up of African-Americans, how many African-American coaches do you have? How many African-Americans GMs do you have? How many African-American owners do you have? So I think that's one of the things that they can look at. And as far as using the platform that the NFL had, you know, you you have guys like myself, guys that are playing currently, um, guys like Malcolm Jenkins, other guys that are on the Players Coalition, when we're asking for support of the NFL, it's not just monetary, but it's coming to us when we have these meetings with congressmen and senators and those that are in positions of power, because then those conversations change because there are a lot of owners in the NFL that can guarantee that some of those people are in the seats that they're in because of their support. So mm-hmm. when, we, when we ask the NFL, you know, to lend us your platform, it's coming to these meetings with us. It's understanding what exactly it is that we're fighting against. And I can, right. I can tip my hat to Roger because he's come along on, on several of those occasions. He's come to us. Um, he's come along with us when we've, when we've spoken to, you know, people in positions of power. He's come and tried to see what, while we were doing court hearings, like, what's the process? So he, I can give him, a, um, you know, kudos for trying to understand what exactly it is that we're talking about trying to step outside of itself and put itself in our shoes and understand the issues that we're, we're screaming about. It is interesting because, you know, sports has often been the place where people say politics doesn't exist. You know, sports is often the place we all go to escape. You just support your team, you have a good time and that's that. But 
it feels like there are moments in time when politics is inescapable. You know, there are issues that can't be ignored when people step onto a field. Um, there are issues that athletes can't ignore, you know, because you have platforms, you have spa- spaces to speak out. Uh, Drew Brees was one of those athletes recently, you know, who, who came out and said comments that he then later took back and, 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 and said, look, were insensitive. When, when you look at the players, you know, when you're talking to all of the players, is there a platform or a space where players get together and hash these things out? Or do you find that there's a disconnect? Is it, is, is, let me put it this way, is, do we, do we work under the assumption that the players are always like these tight-knit communities when in fact it's just like the rest of society where people break off and think whatever they think? Yeah, I, I think there's, there's pockets where, where they are. Um, I think you have a number of players that are on the same page. Um, you have guys that are connected in that way. And then you have guys who have, a, have differing opinions. But I would say the one thing that I, I do think is true, that we're all fighting for the same cause. You mm-hmm. might see it a little different of how we get there, but I think we're on the same page that change needs to happen in this country. And we talk about sports, you know, uniting everybody and bringing everybody together. The one thing I'm, I'm happy that is not happening right now is that sports isn't being played, right? Mm. The world is at a standstill, right? Because think about it. Had life been normal, you would have the NBA playoffs, right? You would have the NFL would be um, in OTAs. You would have MLB season would be underway. You would have NASCAR. You would have PGA tournaments. You would have tennis tournaments. And everybody could be distracted by those things that are going on. But because you don't have sports, everybody's attention is focused on this one thing. And I think for us, this is the opportunity for us to to really create change. It's an opportunity for us to really strategize and have a game plan going forward. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy that there are no sports because there's no, no, nothing to distract people from the real issue that needs to be talked about. What would you like some of those changes to be? There's a lot of changes that I would like um, to happen. Obviously, um, we know the over-policing in, in the African-American community is, is a big one. Um, and I think one of the things that we're missing also is the immunity that's giving um, to law enforcement, mm-hmm. not only law mm-hmm. enforcement, but, but to government officials. Um, and that's one of the big problems. Like a lot of people don't really understand why there's a lack of accountability um, when an officer does something or what allows an officer like the guy in Minnesota to continue to be on the force after 18 complaints. And we don't look at the contracts between the unions and the cities. And I think that's, that's something that we need to start taking a look at. Well, Aquan, I want to say thank you for your time. Um, I know it's always painful to relive old memories, but um, what you're doing is amazing. And, and hopefully through your work and other people's work, uh, there'll be fewer of these stories to tell. So thank you for joining me. No problem, Trev. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, my dude. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 